world in this hour. Church, can you say for such a time as this? Sometimes you got to wonder, God, why am I alive now? Why am I here in 2022? It's because you were born and purposed for such a time as this. But what you need to know is this, that God didn't put you here for you to live your life out. He put you here for you to live his life out for you to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and begin to live life as if he would. Your life must be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Yes, you'll keep your personality, but your persona and your grace and your love must be the love of the Lord. Amen? Today's message is entitled Rooted in Truth. And it says this, a tree is known. We are known by the fruit produced in our lives. God produces good fruit in those who know him through obedience and sacrifice. Let's bow our heads and pray as we receive this word. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I surrender this sermon, this word back to you. I want you to filter it, God. I want you to take away anything that I put in. I want you, Father God, to let this word be true and let it be pure and let it be food for the hearer, God. Let it be strength to their body. I pray in Jesus' name that faith comes by the hearing of this word. I pray, God, for an anointing to be upon your servant to teach and to feed your sheep who you love so much. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that every ear be open to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. I pray, God, that you would forgive us of our sins and wash us and cleanse us, God, and ready us for more. The food, the natural food that we ate yesterday is no longer providing much energy for us, God. Natural food only produces natural energy. But spiritual food, God, produces spiritual life, spiritual energy. So word of God, come and quicken us. Come and move upon us. Allow our faith in the word to grow so that we might do exploits in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that we will be obedient to fulfill this word and that every word falls on good ground and produces one hundredfold fruit. That's what our faith declares this morning. We are not regular. We are not common. We're peculiar, but we're not common. We are a kingdom of kings and priests. We are the people in who the spirit of the Lord lives inside. We are a holy people. We are a set apart people. And it's time for those people to eat, to receive the bread of heaven that we might continue to run this race with endurance until we meet the end. God, bless us in this moment. Holy Spirit, teach us in this moment. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's give our praise team a hand this morning. So thankful for them. God bless you. Now, I had thought that I was done with the series rooted in truth, but the Lord has more to say about that. We learned a lot in this series about being rooted in truth and how we have to be uprooted uh, from those things that are not true that still produce life in us, really death, because there's some things that are from our past that are sinful, that are wrong, that are uh, erroneous, that are lies, thoughts about ourselves, thoughts about other people, things that are opposed to the word and the nature of God. Those things have to be uprooted. Some of us grew up thinking that we were poor and would always be poor or we thought that mom died from cancer or dad died young so that's going to happen to us as well and that those are all lies and we don't want our lives rooted in lies we want our lives to be rooted in truth what does God say I want to produce what he is saying and in order to produce what God is saying we must be intimate with him we must be knowers of his word and not only knowers, but doers of his word as well. The Bible says that a tree is known. Can you say this with me, church? A tree, a tree. is known. 
all right? And the knower of the tree is God. And even people will know us by our fruit as well. So the desire for today's message is to see that we have an identity which is spiritual. Church, can you say spiritual? Your identity is spiritual, and when I say spiritual, I don't mean this earth spiritual stuff that's going on, because there's other spirits out there. I'm talking about your, your spiritual nature is divine, and it is from Christ and in Christ, and it's time that we be done with our own lives, our own imagination, because your own thoughts produce your own character, and you'll produce your own fruit, but God is calling us to produce spiritual fruit. Uh, my, the cry of my heart this week has been, Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Church, can you say filled? I don't want to just know about the Holy Spirit. I don't want to just f- experience his nearness. I don't want the Holy Spirit just to be around me. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If he's willing to fill us, then I want to be filled. And that should be the cry of your heart as well. At some point, you should grow tired or we should grow tired with our carnal nature. At some point, we should grow tired with our carnal thoughts and our carnal behavior because sometimes, We are just full of ourselves. Oh, it's just me, I guess. Say this with me. Lord, I desire to be filled with your Holy Spirit. That's the only way. It's the only way to serve God. It's the only way to please God. It's the only way to be powerful. It's the only way to produce his fruit. I don't want any of me in here. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says that we will be known by our fruit. A tree is known. Let's go to Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 44, and it says this. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help us. Lord, help us because sometimes our fruit isn't good. But the Bible says a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit, for every tree is known. Church, can you say known? Every tree is known by its fruit. Can you say known? Known is such an important word as it relates to the kingdom of God, to be known, okay? Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, and we'll see why. Holy Spirit, continue to move over this message. Let this be a living word. I pray against ignorance right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray against unbelief right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray against past deception that we've been taught or believed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let your truth reign in this place, producing a a, a people who know your freedom because we know you. For your word says we should know the truth and the truth would make us free. Freedom comes to these people now in Jesus' name. Church, can you say known? Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So we can sit here and say, Jesus on the mountain and Jesus in the streets and Jesus over my family and Jesus this and Jesus that. But the Bible says everyone that calls out Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says that will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only... Those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, can you say judgment day? So this is a real day that's coming. Just like you're expecting birthdays and Labor Day and all these other days, there is a judgment day, and it is coming, okay? On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Remember I said that one of the most important words in the kingdom of God is to know or be known? So just because we come to this building 
And just because we uh, tell the world or try to behave as Christians doesn't mean that we know God or that God knows us. Church, say this with me. I have a new identity in Jesus Christ. Live there. Do you hear what I'm saying? Live there. Come up out of religion and tradition and all these things and live in the place where God has given you. You see, Jesus died upon the cross to give us new life. And that's the life that he knows. Because just because you call upon his name doesn't mean that you've been born again. Just because you sing the songs, just because you own the Bible, doesn't mean that you've been born again. We've got pastors that are not born again. We've got uh, choir members and, 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 and elders. I'm not talking about this church, okay? You'd be like, why am I here? You mean you're not born again? Uh, I'm talking about in the world. Not born again, but going, they went to university. They went to Bible college. And now they're hired as a pastor, but not even born again. They're not even known by God. Amen? So it's very important that you know this, that just because you can cast out demons, and just because you can prophesy, and just because you can do miracles in his name, it doesn't mean that you know God. All right. Sir, I don't think I know you, but do you have a debit card on you? Can you pull it out for me, please? Credit card will work. That's even better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I do not know him. He does not know me. Okay. His name is David. Can you say hello to David? All right. I can go to Walmart right now. My name is Damien, but his name is David. And I can go to Walmart right now and buy whatever limit is on this card. How much ever power is in this card, I can assume the power, right, and go shopping on this card. And my name is Damien, right? Especially if he has no pen code. Listen to me. Listen, this is good. Especially if there's no pen code. Especially if all the power is just in the name. You see, freedom has given him a credit. Freedom, praise God, we've been talking about knowing the truth, and the truth will make us free. They have given him power to shop at a certain limitation, all right? And, and, and his name is good with them. His name is good with them, all right? But me being Damien, I can obtain this card with his name on it and his power, and I can go purchase things. Do you hear what I'm saying? Thank you, David. <laughs> now listen to this. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied how? In your name. And cast out demons how? In your name. And perform many miracles how? In your name. But he will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, who, you who break God's laws. So how is this possible? They were just using his name, the power of his name. They did not know him. I could find, I didn't even have to introduce myself to him. I could have just, if, if I was a thief, I could have gotten a hold of his card some kind of way and just went off and began using the power of his name, right? And it worked. So we can't say, we can't say that people who don't know Jesus or he doesn't know intimately, that they won't be able to display some kind of power in his name, right? Because they, they did not know him or were not known by him, but still they used the power in his name. So listen to me. As wonderful as signs are, as wonderful as miracles are, as wonderful it is to cast out demons, be known by him. Have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I've heard of people on drug. I heard a pastor tell this story one time that her sister uh, or, or her, someone was on drugs and strung out or was dying in the hospital. And her sister, who was a crackhead, went up to the hospital, got up under her bed or the person's bed and began to pray 
and, and, and intercede on behalf of this sick person, and that sick person got better. Do you know why? Because they invoked the name of Jesus Christ. There was power in his name. But I'm trying to tell you this. Don't get caught up so much in the power that his name has. It's more important to have power that your name hold power with him. Do you hear what I'm saying? That he knows you. He knows you by name. And we'll get more into this knowing here shortly. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. Verses 17 through 18, help, help us understand more, God, what you mean about how there can be signs and wonders and people really not even have an intimate relationship with you. Listen to this. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. It didn't say those who I know. It just said those who what? Believe. believe. They will cast out demons. How? In my name. Remember what Jesus said? That they came to him and said, we did all these things in your name. I've released that power to you. That's why you were able to do that. However, I still don't know you. Let's keep going. Um, they will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So listen, just because a person believes, man, this is good. And I, and I hope this rocks you and knocks us out of religion. I hope this knocks us out of just standing still in, in belief only, okay? So just because a person believes doesn't mean they are intimate lovers of God and produces righteous fruit. So a lot of people are going to hell that believe in God. A lot of people are going to hell that believe in his power and have even laid hands on the sick and cast out demons and all those things. But a tree is still known by his fruit. That's his fruit. That's his power. But we will be known by our fruit. What's in us? He said, get away from me, you workers of iniquity, you disobeyers, you liars. See, he's, he was calling out their fruit, all right? We don't get in on his power. We get in on our relationship with him and accepting him as Savior and being obedient to him. Listen to what James 2.19 says. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. My greatest desire for you here that go to this church that are listening online is this. Don't just know about God, know God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't just know about him. We could go to prisons all over the world right now, and we will find inmates that know more about God and his word than we do. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because there's some knowledge that is only here. So we don't just need a mind knowledge of God. We need heart knowledge of God. Amen? All right. So let's look at God's commanded desire of intimacy. I mean, this God who is love, we got to look at him. I mean, he desires to be loved so much. So let, let's wreck our erroneous thoughts about God, that he's just, you know, waiting to strike us down. And he's, the, he's all the things that the world says. No, we're going to throw that down. We're going to look at the nature of God. And the Bible says that God is love, right? God is love. But let's look at the heart cry of God, the heart cry of God, that he wants to be loved by you so much that he made it a commandment. Think about that. Think about how much God craves love from those that he created, that he even made it a commandment. John 14, 15, if you love me, Obey my commandments. So when we obey his commandments, we are speaking his love language. When we obey his commandments, see, I, I think this, I think this. Every one of us in here, we can name the people in our lives that we know that love us. We can do it. 
Each one of us can. You can write a list. Okay, I know mama loves me. I know TT. Whoever loves me, I know. I know who loves me. Raise your hand if you know who loves you. You know who loves you, don't you? And God is saying, here's what we're trying to get to, church. We're trying to be known. And if you want to be known by God, if we know who loves us and we're just humans, God knows who loves him too. And how does he know who who loves him? Listen, if you love me, obey my commandments. So as we obey his commandments, that produces love, and he knows that we love him. Listen to what else he said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Every single one of those things must line up to love God. Father, I pray now in Jesus' name, because it is my belief that many of us have work to do. As it relates to loving you with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. So, Father, would you begin to shift this thing? Would you begin to help us pull our roots out of the things that we love in this world? And would you allow us to grow roots into you, which will produce obedience and will produce us loving you with our all? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're talking about intimacy. We're talking about knowing God because the last thing I want to do or you should ever want to do is stand before Jesus, okay, because this is going to happen, to stand before Jesus and him say, I never knew you. What? I gave $89,722 over the span of my tithing and offering throughout my life and you don't know me? I prayed every morning. I I went to church every Sunday, and you don't know me? I worshiped and I sang, but you don't know me? Church, I'm trying to produce through the word of God, uh, uh, show us the way of having a relationship with God in such a way that we are known by him. Because what we do want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So we desire to be both good and faithful to the Lord. Let's look at the first case of intimacy that produced something in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And it says this, now Adam knew, okay, and that's old school terminology for had relation with his wife, which would produce uh, a child, okay, Adam knew, when Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. So listen to this. When we know and obtain intimacy with God, his sons and daughters will be produced. And what father doesn't know his own child? So when you have been born again, when you say, Jesus, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord, it is my desire to now serve you. I want to be born again. And wham, by divine power, you become a new creation in Jesus Christ. He loves you enough to send his only begotten son. But in order to become a child of God, you have to love him back and say, I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive this new life. And through that, conception happens, and a child of God is born. You see, Adam knew Eve, and a child was born. When we know God, a child of God will be produced. So Brothers and sisters in Christ, are you children of God? Have you had intimacy with the Father to the point where you say, you know what? I want to be your son. Church, say this with me. I desire to be a child of God. That changes everything. I think, I think our, the, the major malfunction of most church people is that we forget that we are children of God, and I think we just try to go through motions sometimes and live a religious-type lifestyle. You know, what that, you know what that ends up as? I never knew you. 
I want you to hear me this morning. If you have been born again, you are a child of God and he knows you. So you should be producing fruit of righteousness because you are no longer your own anymore. You've been paid for with a price. I think sometimes what happens is people want enough Jesus just to not go to hell. They want, they want a relationship that's, okay, he's my savior. I just don't want to go to hell. But is he Lord? Do you obey him? Do you follow his commandments or are we liars, right? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that we're going to begin to assume the identity of children of God. Church, say this to me. I am by faith a child of God. I am by faith a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. John 3, 6 says this. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So a tree is known by its fruit. So whatever it bears, whatever it carries, whatever it gives birth to. So we are called trees of righteousness in the Bible. And so whatever we're giving birth to, that's what we're known by. So just as a tree carries its fruit and gives life to fruit, so do we as it relates to the Holy Spirit and his fruit. So what we're looking for is, oh man, I've tried it and I can't do it. I 100% fail every time when I try to be patient. Because patience is a fruit of the spirit, not a fruit of the flesh, right? I try, I try to be loving in and of myself, but it's no good. It's, It's not the love that my wife wants. Because let me tell you something about your own love. It's selfish, It'll, it'll back out fast. It, it wants what it wants more than what someone else wants. I, our love is no good. So what we have to do is be intimate with the Father and allow the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in us so that we might bear that fruit, so that we can be his trees. John 15, 8 says this, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. So to be known by God is to be a fruit bearer. He says this, you are my true disciples when? Don't you think the Lord knows his disciples? So he's giving us all kind of revelation here on how to know God and how to be known by him. So one major way that we are known by God is when we produce much fruit. Something else we must know is that we are carriers of the Spirit of God who gives birth to fruit in us. So where there is little fruit, there is little evidence of him in our lives. So that's why the cry of our heart must be, Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit, and then we will see our lives being fruitful. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We're going to learn why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every one of us should should know the difference between being filled with ourselves and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces. So he is the one that produces this fruit. This kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So church, in order to have a life that is filled with spiritual fruit, we must begin to live spiritual lives. And in order to produce this, to, to produce this fruit, we must yield our lives over to God so that we become 
living tabernacles, right? So full of the Holy Spirit that when people have encounters with us, they'll say exactly what they said about the the disciples. These men have been spending time with Jesus. They must know him. Now let's go to John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. My prayer is that we would have lives that are more filled with the Holy Spirit than with ourselves. Our greatest opponent is not the devil. The devil is defeated, and the devil doesn't make us do anything. Our greatest opponent is our old life that wants to take control from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit desires to have our lives so that he might, he might produce fruit from us. But there are so many distractions. Church, can you say distractions? It used to be that you could only be distracted by the outside world when you sat in front of the television. But now we carry the world in our pocket. And there are so many distractions on that phone, and the vast majority of them are not spiritual. When I am intimate with my phone, when I am giving my time, my attention, and my passion to my phone, I am not producing the fruit of God. The fruit of God is only produced when I am intimate with the Father. I think we need to begin to pray, and some of us need to go to rehab with these phones. They need to open rehab centers for our telephones because we give so much time and attention to our phone. We'll leave it somewhere, forget about it, and turn around and go get it. Do you remember the days when if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they had to wait? And we survived, didn't we? My parents had no idea where I was, right? But I survived and we survived. These phones are a problem. And I'm I'm, I'm telling on me too. Can we admit that these phones can be a problem, right? Don't let the the bondage or addiction, don't don't let it pull you away in this moment. Because in order for the Holy Spirit to rise up in us, we've got to get rid of some natural and carnal distractions. In order for the power of God to flow through us, we've got to get rid of some carnal desires and distractions. I can say with surety that there are only a handful of times that I've ever felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to, get, to grab my phone. And I'll tell you some reasons why. To text somebody. Hey, I'm praying for you to call somebody, right? To look up a scripture really quick. But otherwise, that phone is just a major distraction. Y'all act like I'm talking about money right now. The, the, the way that I'm talking about your phones, how tight you are, trying to hide your phone. David gave me his credit card. You think I'm going to ask for your phone? It's true, though. Say this with me. Lord, help rid me. Of distractions and idols. Man, the I word. We say iPhone, but it might be an idol. Because anything we put before God is an idol. So that means God wakes us up in the morning, and if the first thing we're doing is reaching for that phone and not giving worship to God, we've got a situation. If we are more engaged in our phone than the people in our lives, that's a distraction and an idol, right? So I'm trying to tell you that God desires that we live more spiritual lives. He desires for his power to be in us. Can you imagine this? That uh, Peter was walking to the temple at the hour of prayer, right? And there's a lame man there, right? who needs the power of God to do something divine in his life. But as Peter is walking to the temple for the hour of prayer, (laughs) funny but true, right? 
he could have walked right by the man who was going to be healed and receive strength in his ankle bones and run and leap for joy. Why? Because he was distracted. Now listen, please come back next Sunday. We're not going to have a smash your iPhone party next Sunday. All right? But I'm trying to tell you that if we desire to be more spiritual, then our eyes have to be on spiritual things. If we desire to be more spiritual, oh my goodness, listen to this. The Bible says that the spiritual mind produces life and peace. But your carnal self, you know what you want, what we want carnally? Entertainment. We don't get life or peace from those devices. But what we do get is entertainment. And what part of you wants entertainment? Your carnal nature. Your spiritual nature doesn't need to be, oh my goodness, the spiritual nature doesn't need entertainment. It has the God of the universe. The spiritual nature has God to worship and to adore and to obey and to serve. But our carnal nature just wants to, (laughs) that was funny, and we'll send it on. We'll send 50 videos and two Bible verses maybe. Come on, church. These are the last days. Let's not be distracted and miss knowing God. Let's keep going here. We're just about finished. John 4, 23 and 24 says this. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers, say this with me, I am a true worshiper. Okay, we're talking about being rooted in truth, right? When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. This is huge right here. This verse has really been pulling on me this week. And I pray that when you hear it, it opens up a new revelation for you, a new channel to God, a new stairway to God, a new way to know God, a, new, a better, deeper relationship with God. Listen to this. For God is spirit. What is God? So how do you contact God? How do you know God? See, the more carnal we are, the more confused we are, the more distracted we are, we can't know God. Because God is what? Spirit. And those who worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we command in Jesus' name that our carnal natures bow down, that our carnal natures fall to the ground and die so that our spirit man may live. Father, you said if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. God, we need your help. We need to be spiritual, for you are a spirit. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. To hear, I never knew you, is to, is, is to hear, I didn't know you by the Spirit. Of course, I know your name and where you come from, but I don't know you by the Spirit. John 6, verses 63 through 69 tell us this. The Spirit gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you don't believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe and knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Here's what we must know, church. Our new existence is spiritual, not carnal. 
When you got born again, it didn't mean that you continue to live life how you wanted to, and now you are uh, you are, have been saved from uh, an eternity away from the Father. Our new identity is spiritual. And listen to this. If the new life in us was coming from Christ, was coming from that relationship with the Father, then Sunday would not be enough. We would have a greater spiritual appetite. And the question we have to ask ourselves as well is, what are we living off of if we're not living off of him? If we're not in the Bible, if we're not in worship, if we're not living spiritual lives, then what are we living off of? All we're continuing to do is feed this body food for natural energy and go about our natural lives and not have an intimate relationship with Jesus. He said that we need to worship him in spirit and truth in John 4, 24. So he's looking for people that do this. In Romans 8, 6, he says that we need to be spiritually minded. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Church, would you put your hands on your head for a moment? Say this with me. Holy Spirit, control my mind. Lead me to life and peace. Help me Put down earthly idols. Help me to break my addiction to distractions. Give me a sound mind and a heart that seeks you. Lead me, Holy Spirit, to life and peace. Amen. In Romans 8, 9, he says that we ought to be spirit-led. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And then finally, it says this. He wants us to be spirit-filled in Ephesians 5 and 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So church, the problem is not the availability of the Holy Spirit to fill us, but our availability to be filled. If we really wanted to be filled by the Holy Spirit, he would fill us. Man, this is deep. Listen to this. Listen again. If we really, really, really wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he would fill us. He doesn't turn us away. He said, what man, I'm sorry, what child would ask his, his, his uh, father for bread and his, his, his father not give it to him? The same is true with those who ask for the Holy Spirit that he would fill us. And listen, it's, it's, moment, it's moment by moment, right? So if I carry this bottle of water around with no cap on, all right, some of that water is going to come out every once in a while, just like that, even though the lid is on, right? So at times, church, can you say at times? I need to submit my life back to the Father and say, Lord, fill me the more. I don't want to live off just one encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want a constant filling. For the Word of God says that out of our bellies shall flow how much rivers of living water. And the only way we're going to know God and the only way we're going to please God is to be constantly filled with his Holy Spirit. The final thing I want to say to you, to church, is this. As it relates to knowing God, and this is a heavy question, but it's the only way to life, does he know you in death? Have you, have you really died to yourself? And, and if I can be truthful, sometimes the old Damien wakes up and wants what he wants and thinks what he thinks and does what he wants to do. 
and I fail to know him in death fully. But to truly know God, we must really know him all the way in death. John 12, 24 through 26 says this. This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must know where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Please stand. In order to be fully spiritual, we have to be willing to drop dead. Are we truly fully dead to self and alive to Christ? The Bible says, except a kernel of wheat or a seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Church, can you say alone? As long as you hold on to your life and don't die and give it up, you're alone. But if you are willing to truly be born again and be done with the old life and die in Christ, you won't be alone. The promise is John 15, verse 9, it says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So you will be known by God when you are one with God in spirit and in truth. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in a room full of people who will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We have been presented with truth today. We have been taught that a tree is known. God, you know those who belong to you because they know you in intimacy. And anytime there is intimacy, there is something that is produced. And what you're calling us to produce is much fruit because you're, you said that the Father receives glory when we produce much fruit. Holy Spirit, begin to look around this room and move throughout this room. You know who isn't known. You know who thinks that they know you and are known by you, but they really don't. If we are living in sin, we don't know him and we're not known by him. The power of sin has been broken. Our sins have been forgiven and we must repent and turn away from them. A sinful life produces sin. A righteous life produces righteous fruit. Not because the person in and of himself can produce righteousness, but the reason righteous fruit comes out of a person is because that person has been made new in Christ. So as we are obedient to obey your commandments, we are known by you and we produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Can everyone lift their hands in this building right now, please? With hands lifted high, while there is still breath in our bodies, while we are still in our right minds, Father, we surrender our lives to you, and we desire to be a habitation for the Holy Spirit. Father, you Allow us to hear your voice. You said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Lord, we don't want intimacy with the stranger, which produces the fruit of darkness. We want intimacy with the Father in the light, which produces holy fruit. We can't be holy without you, God. For you commanded us to be holy, for you are holy, and you have blessed us with the Holy Spirit. Now, my prayer in this moment, right now, in Jesus' name, is that you would bring a shaking to this ground. 
that you would begin to shake in our lives everything that is a distraction, every person, every place, everything that we've attached ourselves to that does not produce the fruit of God. Some of us have been deceived. Some of us have been tricked into thinking that it was a God thing when it was only a good thing in our own sight. We repent, God, for finding uh, boyfriends and girlfriends without you, finding jobs without you, finding houses without you. For your word says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. We want to be so known by God that when he speaks to us, we produce exactly what he is saying. For you have made us in your image and your likeness. We declare now in Jesus' name that we will live by the divine design, that we will be children of the Most High God, that we will step away from the things of this world and the idols in this world, and we will devote, church say devote. We will devote ourselves to you. Just as a woman who is engaged devotes her body to her future husband, we devote our bodies to you that we may produce through the Spirit the fruit of the Spirit. We want to know you, God, and we want to be known by you. We don't want to just do exploits. Everybody's shouting about revival and the power. God, we can have the power and miss you. We don't want to miss you, God. We want to know you. We want an intimate relationship with the Father in which we speak to you every day. And we, we yearn for your voice. And we, we desire your instruction, God. If you have a God, why not use him? If you have a God, why not pray to him? If you have a God, why not serve and obey and love him with all of your heart, mind, and soul? If you only believe in God, you have failed to know him. For even the demons believe that there is one God, and yet they tremble. Jesus I ask in the name of your son, of you, your name, that you would blood wash us right now. Wash us, Jesus, with your blood. Jesus, we need a touch from heaven. Not just one, but may we live for daily touches. Daily touches. What husband or wife doesn't want daily touches, daily conversations, a daily knowing? You are desiring that your people be spiritual. My prayer, God, is that none of us would be more like ourselves than like Christ. You paid a price on that cross to make us one with you. May none of us reject intimacy with the Father, for I know that we all fall short. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to know our end. Because the most valuable thing that we spend every day is not money, but time. How is our time being spent? Are we spending more time knowing the world, intimacy with the world, than knowing God? Remember, remember when you couldn't wait to get your Bible and open it and your highlighter and your pen and your notebook? Remember that? Remember when coming to church wasn't a duty, but something that you love just to be in his presence? Remember, he's calling us into remembrance of our first love. Some of you only fell in love with religion, and now it's cold and dead and boring and tiring. You never fell in love with Jesus. 
If church got boring to you, you fell in love with religion. Jesus never gets boring. Jesus is full of life and hope and excitement and joy and peace. We must know him more than we desire to know church. Worship is not just songs. Worship is a lifestyle. And it is your desire, Lord, that we worship you in spirit and in truth. I, I, I don't think some of us recognize in this moment how gracious God is being to us right now. I don't think some of us recognize in this moment that we're able to, to take steps closer to him right now because when you die, you can't take steps closer to God. You can't know him more intimately after you die if you don't get to know him now. Do you not understand that the door to heaven is open right now and his name is Jesus and you've got to fall in love with him all over again and again and again? Every day should be a day in which we fall more in love with Jesus than the day before. If that's not happening, all we're doing is religion. You can't love religion. Religion is not a person. It's a thing. Jesus is a person. And God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Father, I pray now over all of these people that they would not be slaves to their carnality, to their flesh, to their human nature. Now it makes sense. The other day the Lord told me that if we enter, that, that if I, because he was talking to me, but it'll be for all of us, that if I enter into his shell, I will melt into his peace. If I enter into his shell, I will melt into his peace. His shell. So you can open your eyes if they're not open. And I'm just about done. You're just about to leave. But I got to show you this. The man that you see right now, this flesh and bones and face and organs and all this, this is just a shell. And if I live only here, only here, if I have life only in this, all I really have is death, right? But Jesus says, if you enter into my shell, you will melt into my peace. His shell is that body that was crucified on the cross and placed into a tomb. And then three days later, that shell of a man was raised from death and later went into glory with the Father. And he's created a new creation that we might enter into that new shell. That's what it is. You see, this is the shell of Adam. Right? This is Adam. But Jesus came as the second Adam. And if you enter into that new shell, that new life with him, you will melt into his peace. I thank you for the peace that you've given us with God. The flesh was enmity with God, at war with God, could not obey God. This is good. This is good, church. Your, 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 your Adam nature, your carnal nature, that shell back there, it can't obey. It can't be spiritual. It can't please God. But if you enter into the new covenant with Jesus Christ, he'll give you his peace. Is there anyone here today that says, you know what? I want to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for my sins. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't want to hear, depart from me, work of iniquity. I never knew you. I want to fall in love with this Jesus that you've just preached about. If there's anyone here desiring salvation, I ask that you come to the altar now and receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Receive life and receive peace through Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, all your sins are about to be forgiven. Everything that's been pulling you down and pulling you backwards is gonna release you 
because old things pass away and behold, all things become new. Is there anyone that wants a new life in here today? Simply come. The Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart and you know that right now I'm talking to you. Please heed the call. Allow today to be